All right, episode 28 of the 580 show, myself, Frawley, Dante, and we've got a, a big guest, our coach, Coach Ken McClelland is here with us. I'm excited. Thanks for joining us, Ken. Yep, thanks for having me. Welcome yeah. aboard. I know you're busy, but we appreciate you taking the time to come on here with us. First things first, I know Frawley will appreciate the first thing I have for you. I want you to take a second and explain to Dante what RPE means. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This is actually probably a good time to do this because I feel like you're confused. So RPE <laughs> is the rate of perceived exertion. Okay. So the general scale that I tell my clients is a 10 means that if I put a gun to your right nut, you could not get another rep right? That's a 10. A nine means you're going to complete the set and you conceivably have one rep left in the tank. An eight, two reps left in the tank. A seven would be three. (laughs) So if I say I want you to hit a set of five at an RPE nine, you should conceivably be able to get six. Okay. (laughs) Not four, okay? Not four. I, I hope that I have cleared that up some for you, Dante. No, if that, not, I listen, can draw listen, it in crayon. Listen, listen, crayon. Dante's <laughs> like that dude when you go out to eat and he like orders like, you know, oh, can I get a large pizza, a large fry, a burger? He's just like, you're like, holy shit, that dude's a hoss. And then he eats like three slices of pizza and a French fry. Dante yeah. just, he, he believes in himself so much. And I'm like, yeah, that was probably an eight or a nine. Like, Cuddy's like, I got 20 more pounds, and he does it. Okay. Okay. And on that log, that we, on the log we were talking about, I showed Frawley the video. He, he thought I he thought I could go up, too. So I also watched I, it again, though, and then I was, I was like, oh, I think Josh was right. I think oh, no, Josh no. was right. I felt good. I felt good. Uh, I just had I had to start with that. I knew Frawley would appreciate it. <laughs> I always tell my clients to err on the side of caution as opposed to failing. So. Yeah. It's always better to leave a little in the tank for next time than it is to blow blow your load and then be like shot for the next couple of days. Right. So always bear that in mind. But you know, every once in a while you gotta roll the dice and slam your dick in a door to learn. So it's okay. Yeah. True. That, that kind of leads into my that kind of opens up a perfect opportunity for me to ask my question to Ken. Which one of these sucks more as a client? <laughs> Which one of these two sucks more as a client? Based on based on what we just said, I, what we just discussed, I'm gonna have to go with Dante because there's been so many times when I'm like, okay, I want you to hit a set of five, and he's like, so okay. I, oh, I it was like three times. It's like three times <laughs> on log, and it's always log. I like, I get it's it's never like deadlift. You're like, oh yeah, that was hard, but deadlift moves is always log, and I'm always like getting a video of a set of four. And I'm like, did I miss one? Hold on. Oh, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I didn't miss one. I didn't miss it. It's okay. That's great. It's okay. You got you got a ton of potential. You go, you're going places. It's okay. I will say, in your defense, Dante, Coach Ken did just did uh, yell at me for not updating my spreadsheet the other day. So I'm up there with you too. Yeah, at least uh, I update everything. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate that. I literally was like, did Josh go somewhere again? Like, what the fuck happened? There's not a thing written. <laughs> Normally, normally you guys are pretty on the ball with that shit. I got, I got a couple yeah. other clients that are just like I don't even, like I don't even look to see if it's updated. Just send a text like, "Hey, update your shit," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll get right to it." Like, All right. Yeah, usually right. I'm good. Usually I'm pretty good. Sometimes I'm at the gym, and if you see the guys down at 580, you see two of them right here. But like, 
I'm running around like crazy and I just forget that day. Usually I do when I get home, but You're too yeah. busy skipping songs on Apple Music. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess we really didn't even like we kind of just jumped right into it, but this yeah. is we've talked about it on the podcast a couple of times, but uh Dante and I's coach, Ken McClellan, you know, that that's who we're talking to right now. I guess yeah. we didn't really like introduce anyone. Dude's got like the like a very long list of credentials, not just in strongman, but I think in strength and conditioning. And Dante and I did our last show together and uh, we talked to Vaughn, whose opinion I respect, you know, a lot. And I, I take Vaughn someone I think very highly of. And, and he is, I told him, I'm like, I need to get my, a coach so I can focus on, cause I coach athletes. I can't focus on myself. Like I like to go in the gym. I think a lot of people that coach people are like, I don't need a coach cause I coach people. It's been the greatest thing since I've had Ken. I go into the gym. I get done coaching a group or whatever. Your mind's in a million places. I can just look at my Excel sheet. I know what I got to get done that day. It's been great. But Vaughn recommended Ken. And like I said, it's been, it's been going amazing so far. So I, I, I recommend everyone. Like once you get to a certain level, I think you, you should look into a coach. It's been awesome. I usually uh, tell people in the beginning – you should get a coach to learn good technique. And then depending on how serious you are in that medium to intermediate phase, that's when you need to like kind of either go off on your own or talk to your coach that you have about it. like trying stuff out, seeing what works best for you. And then at, when you get to a certain point where you can't get any better, unless you are amazing at self-evaluation, which most of us aren't, um, then you have to you hire somebody to get you to that next level. And I coached myself for 12 years. When I started Strongman, I had three coaches in the first two years, and then I just got frustrated with them. <laughs> and I went off on my own, and I just skyrocketed, taking kind of what I had picked from them. And then I just recently I hired a coach because I was I wanted to I wanted to take a shot at the world's strongest man, sure. and I needed I needed I wanted a different angle, completely just a complete overhaul. And uh, it worked. I mean, it worked. My, a lot of my lifts shot up. I, I learned some new things. I picked up some things. I realized there's some things that aren't for me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if your coach doesn't have a coach or hasn't had one, I feel like that's a warning sign. For sure. For sure. And I think, too, like, if you're trying to program for yourself, even, like, no matter how intelligent you are or whatever, I think it's human error to overthink things when you're coaching for yourself you're like well i need to do this but i also need to do this and, and then you're trying to fit a million things into a program instead of trying to accomplish little goals when you can have someone like ken he's like okay you need to do this get this done and then we can move on to our next weakness so like i like i said i i just i can't recommend having find someone that you get along with and and that fits what you want to accomplish period I guess that's, that kind of opens up something too for me. Like, what do you look for whenever you talk to clients, Ken? Like, when you when you're hiring on new athletes, or like you're saying, yes, I'll take you on as our as my coach. Like, what are some things that you rec you can recommend to people when they're working with a coach for the first time? Well, one is so I send a questionnaire out, and if your coach, I'll tell you this, as far as, far as from a client standpoint, if your coach doesn't ask about injury history or medical problems, get rid of them right away. Like the first thing you should ask a client as a coach is like, 
do you have a heart condition? Like, do you have a broken vertebrae in your back? Right. Like you want to find out like what, what you're working with. I always ask, you know, what have you been doing? Like, what do you feel works for you? You know, because you know you. So if I was hiring you on, I'd be like, okay, you know, what do you feel drives your deadlift? And you're like, oh, when I squat heavy, my deadlift goes up. Okay, cool. Then I'm not going to have you do a bunch of crap reps. We're going to squat heavier because you know it works for you. Or if you're like, hey, anytime I do high volume, like I can't handle high volume. All right, so we're going to go lower volume. Um, the thing I look for most is willingness to buy into the program, willingness to buy into what we're doing and have a good attitude and not – everybody has bad days, but if you're constantly making excuses for why you're not hitting numbers, you know, or if I see you on uh, – if I see you on fucking Instagram on your stories out partying the night before, right, an event day. And then you have a shit event day and you blame it on the programming. No dumbass. It's because you were fucking doing coke off a toilet seat in the fucking <laughs> bathroom, right? Like, and you were up right. all night drinking bush light. Yeah, like, I, I'm not going <laughs> to. I had a client once. I went, it was an online client. I went to visit to train with him. And uh, he showed up hungover as fuck. And I knew right then we were fucked. Like, this is just, this is just destined. This isn't going to work. Like, <laughs> and, and to me, it's like, there's too many people that talk a big game on social media. Like, I want the guy that walks off, that talks softly and carries a big fucking stick. Right? Like, I want the guy that goes out and puts in the work and shows up at nationals and fucking wrecks shit. Right? <laughs> shows sure. up at contests and just quietly prison rapes everyone there and goes away right like i don't need like i'm not a big fan i mean if you want to brag about yourself or celebrate your accomplishments that's one thing but don't be putting on your instagram that you're the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread when you haven't even won a fucking local contest right like that's i'm old school like i'm old school like my coach and i'm 46 my coach in high school if you couldn't celebrate in the end zone or anything because he's like you got to act like you've been there before right mm -hmm. right and that's carried on with me like I, I don't want clients I don't want clients to make me look not only make me look bad but I don't want to deal with guys that aren't gonna put in the work like none of this is easy strength right. is earned I made a shirt a few years ago for my when I owned a gym and it, it was basically strength is earned like this shit like you can take some shortcuts and you can you know there's plenty of guys that go on gear really early and before they should and not that I ever let me cut me caveat that <laughs> the use of illegal performance enhancing drugs is never encouraged. Okay. That being said, <laughs> got that covered. Let's just let's just be honest. Everybody at the high levels is running something, right? Sure. Like yep. you can't short like Louis Simmons once said, I never saw a bottle of test lift the weight. Okay. And I want someone that's willing to put in the fucking work and be patient and understand that strength is earned over a period of years, not weeks, right? Like I had a client one time we get in and he's like, I trained for six weeks. How come I don't have a 300 pound log? And I'm like, you didn't have a 200 pound log when we started motherfucker. Like yeah. <laughs> you think it's going to go up a hundred pounds, right? Like, like before you, go. you hit 300, you got to hit 220 and 240 and 260. And you know, that those are the clients I don't want to work with. 
those are those are the athletes that I just don't want around because they have terrible attitudes. Sure. Right. Very cool. You said, and you had, you had mentioned that uh, a little bit ago that you were you were hired a coach because you were you know all in for worlds, and this yeah. year you were at worlds for as a reserve, and you know we were obviously all rooting for you to get in, but uh, unfortunately it didn't happen this year. But what? Yeah. Can you talk a little bit of like you're at the biggest strongman show like in the universe? What was it? What was it like being there? And what's it like if you don't mind? Because I know it's it sucks, I'm sure. But like, like what's it like being there as a reserve? You know, you're like basically just waiting for someone to like something to happen to someone before the show. Yeah. So normally in WSM, I don't know if everybody knows this, so I'll just go over it. So like about six weeks out, they release the events. Right. And there's usually five groups and they have seven of seven or eight events, usually for those five groups. And so, you know, each group will have a squat or a deadlift and each group will have there'll be some carryover between them. So like this year, uh, two groups did a train push and three groups did fingers fingers. Right. Two groups squatted, three groups. deadlift. Right. Well, I, I, I hate to cut you off, but I, I hate no. that. I hate that. Like I, me and Fra- Frawley's like very new to strongman. Like yep. he comes from a powerlifting background, like I do, but he's very new to like all this stuff over here. So, like he was like, why do he asked me? He's like, why do some groups deadlift and some groups squat? I'm like, that's how this setup is. But w- it it seems so stupid to me. Maybe you can shed some light on that because it doesn't make sense I'm, to me. You got to remember at the end of the day, yeah, the world's strongest man is a, is a TV show. Okay. It's there to make money. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean it's a it's a competition and it's a big competition and it's prestigious, but they need like things have to look a certain way, things have to, you know, like if I just slap 900 pounds on a bar and deadlift it, there's no context for your layman who's sitting at home watching CBS, right? But if I put giant fucking wagon wheels on the end, right, even though it's only 750, I shouldn't say only. Even though it's 750 pounds, it looks so much cooler, right? Like, right. wow, look how much he's lifting. Like, World's Strongest Man is an amazing organization, and they do – they produce an incredible product. That being said, they want variety in the groups, and part of that is I think the old-school stuff, like, I don't even know those guys knew what they were doing until they showed up that day, right? And uh, so this, like, about three weeks out, you get – four weeks out, I'd say, you get your groups, Right. So you find out you're in group five, you're in group three, you know, and you know your events. Well, as an alternate, you don't get a group. So, like, I'm still training 14 fucking events yeah. just in case. Right. Yeah. Right up until the day I freaking, you know, start my deload a few days before I leave. And then you fly out there and it's really hard mentally because, like, I'm a big mental prep guy. Like I visualize a lot of things. I always talk to my athletes about it as they get in your contest to like visualize what you're doing, like picture yourself there. Like, you know, the, the mental game is usually what has, causes people to win. You know, it's the small mistakes. So, you know, doing these mental preps, well, it's really hard to do when you have no idea what you're going to do. And then, you know, like there was a moment this year, uh, one of the Americans got sick with a stomach flu. And they called me and they were like, hey, you're on deck, like be ready. So I so my brain switches from like holding pattern to like fucking let's go, you know? Yep. And then 
about 36 hours later, they're like, he's feeling better. And I was like, fuck. Damn. I was like, oh, yeah, it was, it's brutal. But, you know, then they, they got into it and, you know, it it was a great contest. It's amazing to see behind the scenes, the, like, when you get down to that final, the final, man, it came down to stones, Stoltman Shaw, like the whole, just everything of riding on stones. It was amazing. It was a really cool show to be a part of in any way. So, right. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it could, the show continues, and I mean it will continue, but hopefully it keeps kind of riding this. It's it's like making a resurgence. It's really going well. Like I'm happy for him. Yeah, I told Dante I sent a screenshot from one of Martin's Lisi's videos, and you were just sitting in a corner with no one around, with just a chew in. I'm like, that's our coach right there. Everyone's like, everyone's. <laughs> I told Dante, I was like, he's probably uploading our programs right now. <laughs> I, it, it depends on where it was, but there was, uh, I did go do work in the athlete's lounge in the middle of the contest. Yeah. Literally took my laptop with me and just worked in the corner. Yeah. It's, I, uh, think, I think Martins owes you some ad revenue for that cameo. Yeah. Better, yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, I'll give him a call. I'll give him a call. He's, he's a cool guy too. He said that we, we ate, we ate, uh, like I think dinner together and he was, he's, he's a interesting guy. Yeah. So when so so don't compete at World Strongest Man. You were there as a reserve. What's what's next for? Is it OSG this year? Yeah, master. Yeah, Masters World Strongest Man at OSG. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to see. So Hollins was supposed to come back and defend his title, or I should say, defend my title. And because uh, if I well, I, I get so I dropped I dropped the farmers last year. I was not in a good headspace mentally for that contest. My dad had died, you know, immediately prior to that. And we literally had the funeral. And then Wednesday, I put the last family members on a plane. I'm not making excuses because I hate excuses. But, like, I just wasn't – I fucked up in the contest. I, I, I wasn't – my headspace wasn't there. And that farmer's cost me – it cost me the fucking fuck contest. And it is right. what it is. And, uh, you know, anyway – Terry Hollins was coming back towards bicep at WSM says he's retiring. Uh, I've heard rumors that Jerry Pritchett might come. I know Shikleyov is in Z told me he's coming. Felix is coming to Felix looks the best he's looked in years. He and so, great. uh, yeah, he looked yeah. he was a freak there. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be on, man. I'm excited. I'm when excited, is OSG? Man. November second weekend of November. I want to say the twelfth. Okay, so you got some time. Yeah, yeah I think it's the twelfth. Oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's plenty of run up time. Plenty of plenty of time to kind of adjust to my new situation and and just get ready to rock. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Awesome. When we talked to Vaughn, he said that this year's OSGs for the Masters was by far the most stacked Masters class of any competition ever. Like that they're going to ever have pretty much with everyone going it's going to be the most competitive masters that you could ever have like yeah it's uh it's going to be a good time and taking home that trophy is going to be fun yeah so. we're excited to root for you yeah yeah, yeah. Do, they yeah. do they live stream osg they do they do it's uh i think it's through trainstrongman.com yeah i want to say that i may be wrong if, if i am lynn i'm sorry my bad <laughs> that's a guy i would like to talk to sometime do you know are you cool with Colin Bryce at all? Like, do you talk to Colin when you're at World Strongest Man? We have a beef with him. We want to get Why? him just because we want to watch World Strongest Man. 
We want to watch it live, <laughs> not three weeks I'll, later. I'll tell you what, it'll never happen live. Really? It'll never happen live. I promise you. I promise you that. They, it's just like they make too much money. It, it, TV is the TV is the money maker. TV is what gives them money, and you don't bite the hand that feeds you by throwing it on a live stream. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, honestly, what I would recommend is next year it's in Sacramento. There will be fucking tickets and you can go watch, go watch live there, like fly there. Honestly, you don't appreciate how amazing a lot of this is until you are right there. Like this is my third year being around WSM. I was an alternate two years ago, tore my calf. Last year I went on equipment, equipment crew and then ended up being an alternate last minute again. And because of COVID, there were so many people that dropped out. I flew there to work the equipment crew just to be around it because I was excited. <laughs> I get off the plane and Colin's literally like, did you bring your gear? And I was like, no, I brought shorts and sunscreen, man. I'm just here to hang out. And, <laughs> I'm here to hang out in Florida and freaking like move equipment around, you know, and have fun. And he's like, no, we need you. You're our, you're our newest alternate. And I was like, holy balls. And uh, so I, like, I had them overnight my gear from back home. Yeah. And, uh, like, and then I was like loading equipment and testing. Like I did equipment testing for him. <laughs> I'm like testing the equipment and I'm getting tired. And I'm like, man, I might be, I might be going tomorrow. Like I better go to sleep <laughs> early tonight, eat some sure. food, you know? And then I, and then that year I dodged a bullet too. So it's been, uh, I, f- I figure, uh, I jokingly said this, you're always a bridesmaid, never a bride. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, if there is, if there is an opportunity next year for me that, uh, I get in. We'll see. Well, how about we make you this deal? You get in next year, we're going. We're going to watch. How about that? If I, if by some freaking miracle I get in next year, yes, I will expect a, a cheering section from Five Eighty Barbell. Yeah, the right. Coth Ken, the Coth Ken section. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get Frawley with the pom poms and the cheerleading outfit. <laughs> uh, make sure it's a crop top, though. It better yeah. be a crop, not one of those like Catholic school ones with the long skirt <laughs> and the full length. No, no, I want like. Florida State style cheerleader, you know, like up yeah. right over the tits. Yes. Yeah. I, I feel like you go down to OSG in this stack masters class and you win. How does Colin Bryce not invite you to, to World's Strongest Man? Then we'll definitely have a beef with more than more than we already do. But I, I I don't know. Colin, you know what? Colin's a good man. Colin's a good guy. He does he does what he has to do for the good of the show. Like He's, he is not the, the thing that people don't understand is Colin's not the only one in charge. There's other people that have a say in things. Sure. Colin, I will say Colin went to bat for me this year when, uh, when Hicks went down, he like went in and was like, all right, let's throw Ken in. Like, let's do it. But they already had too many Americans in and it is an international program. And they had Erwin Toots, who is an amazing strong man and, He's from Estonia, so he's international. And so they threw him in into like, – I feel bad for the guy. That group, mm-hmm. oh, my wow. God, with yeah. Ferris and Stoltman and Bobby. Oh, my God, that group was – and and uh, Novikov. Novikov. Novikov, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't skip over him. But, like, those guys, <laughs> like, that, that freaking group was unbelievable to watch. Like, yeah. unbelievable to watch. Like, everything was so close. Like, Bobby and Kevin, their fingers were – they had to go to the video to see which finger hit the pad. You're talking like a fraction wow. of a second. You wow. know, I mean, like, hundreds of a second apart. And, right. you know, God, it was incredible. 
And like from home, we're all watching from an Excel spreadsheet. So we're, we're like every event, we're all refreshing that. And like Novikov's in third, then Novikov's in first, then he's in fourth. And then like those four, the whole event, were just up and down, up and down. Like it just almost sucks that one of those guys or two of them had to get left out. Well, like the press medley, Luke, Kevin, and Novikov would have won any other group. They had the wow. three fastest times in the press right. medley right. across the whole competition. And they're like, and, and one of them's in third. You know, it's like, what the right. fuck? You know, yeah, that's yeah that, that group was unbelievably stacked. And I, I felt real bad for, I mean, I felt bad for Novikov, you know, to go from winning it to not making the finals. But I really felt bad for Kevin Ferris. He, he honestly, and well, actually you can quote me on this because so he was doing stones and, and Luke, they got to that, the heaviest stone spoiler alert. And Luke, Luke, Kevin did one. Luke did one. Kevin did one. Luke barely got the second. And I mean, barely got the second one. And Kevin is bringing up his third rep and one of the pads they had underneath his feet slipped and, and he missed the rep and that was it. And he was done. That's and a, uh, it seems like a guy you want to root for. Kevin, Ferris. you know what? I used, I'll be honest. I used to not be a fan. And then after the last two years, like, I really liked the guy. Yeah. Like I didn't know him, you know, like I didn't know him very well. There was just something, I don't know. There was just something I was like, ah, who's this guy? Like, I don't like him. He's small. He's a little guy, but uh, man, <laughs> he, that guy, that guy fucking brings it, man. I like, I love his attitude. Like Bobby Thompson is the same way. Bobby just brings it. Yeah. Like, you know, Bobby, uh, they, they put him out for injury of yeah. the, the finals. He didn't get to do stones because he passed out on log. He was straining so hard to hit this log. Mm-hmm. He passed out. And then I don't know if I should be talking about this. And then he <laughs> passed out again. On Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Then he passed out on the deadlift too. And the medical doctor was like, no, you're done. Yep. Like, we won't let you go. And he was so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you think part of it was the heat? Yeah, the heat, the heat was part of it, but like, I mean, a big part of it was the heat. It was hot, but like he was straining, like he was, like people don't understand. I mean, you guys might, by the point that he got to log, he had done five, six, seven, seven events in four days, five days. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. And each one is a hundred percent go. Like there were no cruising in that group. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, it takes a toll in the heat. You know, your body's beat up, you're hurt a little. And then you're just like, he's maxing out on a log. I mean, it just, and then once, you know, the log kind of took it out of him deadlift, he was just like, we talked afterwards. I gave him some crap about like, maybe, Learn to like take a break and set some, set it down for a second, catch your breath, and try another rep. And he's like, <laughs> "No." And I was like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> like, he is full send all the time, like all the time. Yeah, and uh, he uh, he I don't know. He's those guys are really cool guys. Stoltman's a good guy. Like it's when you get to know people and like you get there and you get a chance to talk to them, you realize they're all pretty cool guys at that level. It's just, except Evan Singleton. I hate Evan Singleton. 
kidding. If Evan watches this, Evan, you're a great guy. I love you. Um, but uh, like, they're all great guys and they're all just there to compete and they cheer for each other. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, that's one of the things I love about strongman versus most other sports. There isn't that alpha male bullshit in terms of like, you don't mean mug each other. You don't, you know, it's, it's very supportive. It's crazy. I went, I did my fair share of powerlifting for five, six, seven years, somewhere in there. But, um, and then I did, I just knew a guy at a gym that was doing a, a local show at strongman. I'm like, I'll go sign up as a novice. And I was like, I thought, something was like wrong how much everyone was like cheering for you and like helping each other you know it's crazy you hear it so much with strongman but it's really is true like you go to a show and the guys you're competing against you run into your your occasional douchers that's any sport any hobby anything you're going to run into a douche but most like 90 percent plus of people are amazing people and will help you you will just going and doing a show if you're interested in strongman you will learn so much at that show you will learn oh, yeah. so much. Just little yep. technical stuff. I, like, it's crazy. But, yeah. I don't know. I was going to ask you to to give us, like, something from World's Strongest Man that people didn't know about yet, but I guess you gave it to us with the Kevin's. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you don't get in trouble, but. No, uh, yeah. yeah, at this point. At this point, what are they going to do? Not put yeah. me in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? It yeah. is what it is, man. You yeah, know, I, I love the, the crew. At, I'll tell you what. You want to talk about behind the scenes logistics? Like that's something that nobody, I think, really appreciates how much goes in to putting something like that on and organizing, you know, 28 athletes from multiple countries all getting at the same time to see the crew behind the scenes, like talking to the guys, like logistical coordinators, the people that handle travel food. Like it's pretty freaking like it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing to see. I bet. Oh, me and Frawley are going to see it firsthand in 2027, I think we said. <laughs> Six years. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, I would say that's a good timeline. Look at that. We got a good vote of confidence. You hear that, Dante? Yeah. Hey, you know, you never know. Like, you could, like, I look back, I remember when Kevin Ferris was just like a really small heavyweight. You know what I mean? Like, I can look back and see, like, Gabe Pena, like, Trey Mitchell, like, I beat Trey at 2017 nationals and mm-hmm. that kid's there. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. There's it's, it's so just about that, that's, that's not overshooting RPE. Is that like <laughs> RPE nine or 10? <laughs> I think it's an RPE nine. Just keep okay. doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. <laughs> keep doing what you're doing. You'll be fine. But actually go with the nine, not make it a 10 every time you see a nine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't round up. Don't round up to the nearest. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, probably. Can I, can I call Dante out again with coach since we're on it? Absolutely. What he said at the gym yesterday. Yes. Um, I just yes. have to, I'm just going to tell coach Ken, Dante, oh. don't, don't say a word. Okay. Look, I'll, mute my, I'll mute myself. You see, you Dante's a bigger guy for a normal human, like 275, you know, Looks like Shred. Well, put in perspective the date and time I said it. That's the last thing I'm going to say. He he said it yesterday. Yesterday. No, I mean like I mean like the timeline. No, we're not. We're, we're, I will. I'll lay it. That's all important. Out there. I'll lay it all out there. But we're standing there and we're like wrapping up our accessories yesterday and we're all bullshit and like we're doing like hammer curls or something and almost like out of nowhere, Dante just goes, "Yeah, I ran a four four seven before, 40, 40 yard dash," and I I couldn't. I honestly, I couldn't 
breathe. I was laughing so hard. And he's like, and I start calling him out. And another guy whose brother was like a really top level national runner over here is that he starts making fun of Dante. And like five minutes later, 20 people are making fun of Dante in the gym and he's getting mad. And he still, to this moment, it goes back when he weighed, he says he weighed 235 and he said he ran a 447. Tell him he's full of shit. Tell him right now. As Unof- unofficial 447, but it was definitely. Right. Was your dad timing? No, it was my rugby coach. It was your rugby? You at a, It was a 40-yard dash? Yeah. So what happened since then? Right. I gained 30 pounds and I stopped playing rugby. <laughs> but like what I said, Ken, like if you, if you ran like, if you ran against Terrell Owens, right, when he was in the NFL, and he ran like a 4-4 four, four, or 4-5, four, and then you ran – No, 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 no. Terrell Owens – no, no, no. He was like – I think he was sub 4-4. Four, four. Okay, yeah. But that's – but you've also got to remember, right. like, at the, at, the, at the combine they train – they time electric. I mean, it's possible hand time. You know, Dante, I believe in you. I don't think you guys understand how fast that was. Listen. I was I was good for like fifty Listen. yards, then I gas. I'm telling you, dude, I was fast. Ken, you don't have to cover your mouth. Ken, I I run with him on the turf, like when we've done like some conditioning. Yeah, work. you run with me now. He, yeah, you you oh. run two years two years. You from run a play. six flat now. You run a six no, flat. Definitely, definitely five. All I'm Man. saying, I run with him now, and he's like <clears throat> he's a five seven five eight guy you know i told josh yesterday give me a year and i'll be back there (laughs) i might be i might be faster now that i have a cove (laughs) here's the thing i there was a time that i ran a 497 40 at 340 pounds so that's impressive yeah it was but that was with a year and a half of prep to run a 40 yard dash um i'll say this you seem athletic. You don't seem the most explosive, but it's probably because you've been training. I don't want to say incorrectly, but you've been training slow, brute things. No, incorrectly, is the right, incorrectly is the right word. I didn't it's, have a, it's, my coaches didn't know how to train at all. Well, like, and when you come from powerlifting, that's all static strength. Right. I, mean, you're not, yeah. I, didn't even, I didn't even have a coach for powerlifting. You get muscle bound. I mean, like, that's just that's how it goes. I'm gonna get. I, you know what? I'm gonna go against the grain. I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm gonna uh, say I mostly, I mostly believe you. Okay. I, be, I, I, believe- I don't. I don't know if it was four, like four seven, but that's what he. That's what he timed me as. I would. I'll give you like point couple seconds higher. I believe. I believe that Dante believes it. That's what you got to say about the guy. Like I. Dante, there's not a human on earth that believes in himself. Like, and it's like the best compliment I could ever give a guy. True. Like, here we go. The funny, no, it's thing, a real compliment. No, this is a real thing. I the know. funniest thing I've ever seen. Dante, I'm not gonna name names, but we were at the gym and Dante just got over out overhead pressed. Like his max, someone else just out overhead pressed him by like 65, 70 pounds. Like his I did, I don't, that was when I did my strict press to Yeah. But that that individual out overhead your max by like 60 or 70 pounds. And Dante looked right at him and he was like, I'm going to out overhead press you by nationals, which is like 16 weeks away. And he believes it. Like, he believes it. That's what that's I a lot of about. pressure, Dante. That's, <laughs> that's a lot that's of well, pressure. The, the real thing Josh wanted to say was it was for reps. Yeah. It was a deadlift I, for reps I'd beat him in. But no, I, I like it. 
sometimes he he goes at me and i'm like i'm on your side here i'm you're my guy i'm rooting i'm rooting for you we're on the same team man i'm gonna be honest that like i have plenty of athletes that don't have the confidence in themselves and it shows when they get to contests it doesn't matter what i tell them you know you can do this i know you can do this you know they always like doubt themselves and freak out so having an athlete that does believe he can do it and is confident in his abilities to, to improve. That's huge. Right. You know, we just got to make sure you don't kill yourself doing RPE 11 on everything that says eight. No, I trust my training. That's what I did for PA Dutch. I trust my training and I came out with the W even though. Yeah. We were at PA Dutch and we're doing, we're doing last man standing stones and all Dante needed to do was load one stone to win. Literally just had to load a stone, like a, the, the 70 pound stone that no one takes. He had to literally go up like a basketball, palm it and set it on the top of the platform. And he wins. And he comes up to me. He's like, yeah, I'm thinking about opening like, you know, like the 250 stone or something. I'm like, just go load a freaking stone and go get your trophy. I'm like you, you just want to be, you want to humiliate everyone, you know, like, I'm like, go, just go win. And then like we got to pull him back. Like, just come yeah. back a little bit, man. Like just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that is that is crazy though like what you just said ken like i've always since i've started competing in either powerlifting or strongman i always thought it was wild the people that go to competitions and they're a head case like yeah. you see like i i mean maybe i'm just i'm i'm fortunate in that aspect i believe in myself i trust the process i know i go into training i know how stuff feels i know what i got primary for the most part you know what you got when you're walking in that yeah. competition you know there's that one percent of like holy shit that guy just hit like a 40 pound pr out of his ass like yep. there's adrenaline but like you'll see these guys on instagram or whatever in your class or or people that are just doing the show and they, they hit like a 600 deadlift and you're like okay this guy's gonna be a good deadlifter at the show and then they go and they 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 zero the deadlift or they hit like a a 525 deadlift i'm like what what happened to you like right. in I don't, that weeks? almost happened to me though remember me remember yeah. my, me in the morning yeah, of Dutch? i was i was that's wrecked. different that's different context though you know that wasn't a strength thing that was like no warm-up we walked into yeah, a cold warehouse no no warm-up time <laughs> stuff like that that yeah. wasn't a but yeah no i mean it happens like that's why that's why a competition like gym lifts are cool <laughs> but you got to go do it at a competition yep. that's yep. what people don't realize it's different well, and there's, there's things you can do to equip yourself and prepare yourself for that kind of stuff. So I don't know if you ever, you ever watch much Olympic lifting. And by that, I mean like high level Olympic lifting, like not CrossFit shit. Right. If you watch an Olympic lifter, you, approach, <laughs> if you watch an Olympic lifter approach a bar, they treat 40 kilos, 60 kilos, the same as 260 kilos, right? They walk up, their setup is exactly the same. Everything is exactly the same. And what I try to tell a lot of athletes is, is like, you don't do a different warm up the day of the show. You do the same warm up you do at your home gym. So if you do bands, bring some bands with you. If you do some jumps, do some jumps. Like your body, like psychologically and physiologically, when you go through your warm up, whatever it may be, right? If it's some calisthenics, some mobility, whatever, your body goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to do shit after this. Like every time we do this stuff, we're going to, we, we work out, we train, we lift heavy stuff right after this. And if you get into a routine, so I trained this UFC fighter a long time ago and he went, he went to the UFC. His name was Jesse Lennox. And we had this warm up routine 
and it was some calisthenics, some mobility stuff. And he looked a little goofy backstage of the UFC. Everybody else is, you know, hitting mitts and whatever. And he's doing caustic squats and like, you know, high kicks and things to warm his hips up. But that is a calming centering thing for lack for a, to speak in like a hippie language. It, it kind of brings you back to, okay, this is just like what I do in the gym. Right. And if you approach your 800 pound deadlift, the same way you approach your setup is the same. Like, so when I'm deadlifting, if I'm deadlifting 200 pounds or I'm deadlifting, you guys still see me? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me plug my phone in. If I'm deadlifting 200 pounds, I approach it the same as if I'm deadlifting 700 pounds or 800 pounds. The, the steps I take, the, the way I grip the bar, the way I lock in, the way I breathe. It's the people that don't, that change things for the big stuff. Right. They, they do it completely different. They warm up differently, whatever. They seem, in my experience, to have the most disappointing performances when it comes down to game time. 100%. Right? It's so that's crazy. something I always tell my clients. It's crazy how people get like that cabin fever when that deload or whatever hits before a show. And if you're thinking like, oh, shit, I need to do something like a week out, dude, it's too late. Don't change your... Like, I think, Farley, was it Brandon Lilly that had that old big rant about, like, if you've been eating cheeseburgers your whole training cycle, why are you switching to bison yeah. like five days yeah. out? That's yep. like the truest thing. All that's going to happen. Yeah, sure. I'm sure bison is a lot better for you than eating McDonald's cheeseburgers, yep. but your body's going to be like, oh, shit, I've been eating McDonald's for 16 weeks. Why is this guy now giving me bison? Yeah, it's don't change thing. it. Eat the same shit. Do the same shit. Yeah. Right. Yep. Do the stuff you've been doing for 16 weeks going into your show. Right. It got you to where yeah. you're at. I think right. that's a great point. Yeah. For sure. I, I think that's why, like, I, I know I've talked to both you guys about it before, but like doing our warm up, like we hit the Coach Ken famous uh, glute circuit now <laughs> on our days, but like, it's like we all we all get to the gym like strongman Saturdays and we have our event day and we get there at 10 and we all congregate and we like slowly go through our warm up. It's like that calming, like how you're just talking about. So like, you know, we'll do that at a show too. It's just having that ritual. Like we take yep. our pre-workout. It's, it's nice. Get, I'm a creature of habit, so I know it helps me out. For sure. Yeah, and if you go in and you have to do something completely different or you do something completely different because you're worried about being at the contest, it's going to throw you off. It's going to fuck with you. Right. And I think too many athletes get like overlook simple things like that. Think that they have to do something different because it's, a contest or nationals or whatever. No, it's just, it's lifting weights. It's right. the same, you know, yeah. you've been working out with that log, you know, you're working out with a 12 inch log the whole time. Just because that log is rogue and your log is pit bull doesn't mean shit. It's a 12 inch log. Right. Fucking press it, right. Like I used to coach high school track. And one of the big things that I would have to talk to kids about when we get to big meets like Drake relays, which is this huge uh, yeah. high school kids get to go, here in Iowa, the top high school kids get to go as well as, you know, the, the world's, you know, the, the United States college and universities and whatever. And I was there and I had this kid and he was freaking out. And I literally, I literally had to be like, look at the discus circle. It's the same fucking circle we have. Yeah. It's the same dimensions. You know, this is your disc. Like, why are you freaking out? And I had to do some things to kind of get him to calm down, but it was the same. I actually bet him a pizza that he couldn't hit an old man in the outfit. <laughs> And uh, he did and threw like an 18 foot PR, but like, yeah. wow, it's one of those things. It's one of those things that like, 
I was driving to my first strongman contest, and it was me, Jesse Lennox, who had fought in the UFC, and he was doing lightweight. And a couple of buddies of mine that were police officers were coming down with us to just hang out. And the one guy's like, are you guys nervous? And I was like, no. And he's like, how are you not nervous for a competition? And Jesse pointed out, he's like, well, nobody's trying to punch us in the face because I fought <laughs> MMA for six years. He's <laughs> like, nobody's trying to punch us in the face. So the worst thing that happens is what? You don't get a weight? Like, big deal. But like the way we prepared was that same idea. Like every day we had the same warm up. you know, like, we did the same stuff and it's like you go in and you're just flipping the switch. And when that, when you flip that switch, your body knows it's time to fucking go to work. Right. right. So we get down there, we're in a parking lot, we're doing our classic squats and, you know, my warm up has changed since then, but like at that point, that was what we did for a warm up, And like we're in a parking lot, everybody else is, you know, walking around doing weird shit, doing deadlifts, you know, like deadlifting the dumbbell or whatever. And we were like, the fuck, like, no, we're just doing our warm up, And, we both had great contests, you know, and I think the mental game is the thing that's the most overlooked by most athletes. They spend all their time worrying about, worrying about their lifts and their social media, but they don't worry about like mental, like visualization stuff. Like I always, I tell my athletes all the time, you got to visualize, like visualize the event, visualize the, the, the layout of the event, visualize different layouts because it might change. How are you going to move between, so say you got a, a press medley, right? And they don't know if they're going to line it up, you know, straight down or across or in a, in a circle or whatever. Visualize all of it. Visualize how would I transition from keg to dumbbell if it's straight ahead. Visualize how I'm going to do it if it's sideways. Like visualize. And the more you do that, it's like your brain has already like rehearsed it, right? And you get there, you've already kind of gone through it. Your brain is stupid. Like your brain goes, oh, we've done this before. We thought about this, right? And the more you can do mental preparation like that, the better prepared you are in a contest. I think, I think that's a big, highly overlooked aspect of competing. The other thing is level of arousal. Like you see guys that get super fucking amped up for every fucking lift all the time in the gym. And I talk about going to the well. Right. And like going to the well is like playing some heavy metal, like slapping yourself in the face, ammonia, like that shit eventually dulls, right? You don't have it anymore because your body gets used to it. So I don't like, that's why I don't tell people like to get hyped up for shit very often, right? Like if you have to get super psyched to hit a lift, you're probably going too heavy. Like there's a reason uh, that. <laughs> I I do have way too much ammonia. But think about the first time you tried ammonia. What it do? Right. Right. Knocked you on your ass, right? Yeah. Right. Now you hit it and you're like, all right, there's some ammonia. I'm gonna go do my thing. Right. Yep. Right. It's lost its edge. And so I tell people like you, you want to have those aces up your sleeve for competitions, right? But you don't want to get too hyped up all the time. And I mean, like, and that's part of the mental aspect of the game. You know what I mean? Like, I very rarely like go to the well, but when the competition comes, that well is full and it's deep, yeah. right? You know, a few years ago, training for nationals, I think my best was two reps on the dumbbell and six reps on the deadlift. I went to the contest and I got six reps on the dumbbell and 12 reps on the deadlift. Right. Because at that point, I was fired up, right? right? As opposed to like, trying to fire myself up every week all the time 
So I just, I look at the, men, I feel like the mental game is the most overlooked. And I think that's where you can get an edge over a lot of competitors. For, For sure. sure. That's a For good sure. point. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Like you said too, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You miss a lift. Big deal. We've yeah. all been there. We've all missed lifts. Like I just, I, that helps me. So. Right. Uh, my thing is like, I, no one's going to go to a contest. No one with that's sane and not, try their hardest yeah like you it's lifting we compete in a sport where you lift weights okay so even if it is a head-to-head event there's nothing it's not like mma like ken mentioned where he can do stuff to prevent that guy from winning there's nothing i can do to prevent that guy from winning but being better than him and kicking his ass so why do I, why am I even worried about the guy next to me or the guy doing a Hercules hold looking at me or stone? All I got to do is just show up and do my best. And then like, that's, what's going to happen. You right. literally control your own destiny in this. Yep. Like 100%. Yep. There's no one. That's what I like about it. There's no one to blame. I actually had a client message me last night and he said, how many, you know, he had done some, he's getting ready for nationals and he did, Contest weight on the deadlift for five reps. And he's like, how many do you think I'll have by then? I'm like, well, you know, I'm hoping for 10 to 12, you know, based on this. He's like, how do you think I'm going to fare compared to everybody else? I said, I don't give a shit. And he goes, what? I said, look, man, like you can't, I can't control, you can't control who shows up, what they can do, what they're doing that day. My job is to get you there and prepared as best you can for you to have the best performance. And like, I talked to Vaughn about this. So I've coached Vaughn for a few different contests through the years, right? And I've said, I would rather you go in and PR in every lift and take fifth or sixth. Yep. No question. Then go in and have a shit showing and win. Yes. 100%. Yes. And, and that's, that's, just, that's me. Right. It just means you're at a, a two week of a show if you're winning and you're not, but you're not improving yourself. You're just at the wrong show. If you go, yeah. you're like, oh, I've never lost. I've, I've gone to 10 strongman shows and I've never lost. It's like, well, you probably aren't at a big enough show yet. Like, right. you, you, there's guys out there, unless you're the world's strongest man, there's guys out there that will kick your teeth in. Yep. Like, they, Even if not, you are the world's strongest man, Novikov, right. you know, I mean, Novikov went and shit the bed. There's been uh, yep. five, the last five years at world's strongest man, there's been five different first time winners. Yep. So it's your day. You you right. show up do your best. It's your day. I think that's an awesome point. Yep. Um, can yep. you coach a lot of people down? You coach a lot of people from our area, don't you? Like over at Legend. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch of. Uh, I've got. I, I'd say one, two, three. I've probably got six guys, seven guys, in the Pittsburgh area. Yeah, Monop- you're monopolizing Pittsburgh. Yeah, we like it. <laughs> I, hey, you know, like, well, it's funny. Is like, you know, I, I train Vaughn. For a few contests and then he gets good and then like he brings his little strongman community around i went and visited one time did a little coaching and then all of a sudden two or three guys jump on they see improvements and then other people are like well how did you get so freaking you know like what the hell happened to you you know and i don't do a lot i don't advertise i don't do anything it's all everything i've done forever is just results based word of mouth right. you know like you kick ass <laughs> and somebody goes who's your coach ken well shit you, you know he did a good job. You know what I mean? And it's like, right. It's, it's, sure. it's, it's, do you ever think that like, 
what I like about you, like you're, you're more like a, just like hard work guy, like not like big social media, like jumping around. Do you think that ever hurts you? Like not having that social media presence, you know, it sucks, but like, yes. that's one thing with the gym I've had to learn is like, I, I have to get on Instagram. I told Frawley last night, like I'm on Instagram, like two plus hours every night when I get home from the gym, because all these guys are tagging my business. So reposting 580 barbell and stuff, it, it grows my business, but that's something I've had to learn. And I see like, you've got your coaching page now too. Um, yeah, I, I, I got that when I sold the gym, I decided I better start promoting myself a little bit. Everybody was telling me I wasn't like bond jump my shit like weekly that I don't do enough. So I broke down and made my own coaching page and uh, I feel goofy doing it, but like, it's what you got to do. You know, it's part of the thing, but I'm not a big social media guy. I'm a guy that's like, I'm, I used to joke that I don't post about coaching on social media because I'm too busy fucking coaching. Right. Right. Like, and, and that's, I do have to set aside time. Like you said, like I set aside about 20, 30 minutes a night. I just, you know, and I'm like, okay, I need to, you know, share some stuff and I need to respond to things. And so I'm trying to get better at it. Social media has rather my lack of social media has hurt me in the past. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Results speak for themselves the way I look at it. And, you know, I know plenty of guys that I know plenty of people, guys and girls that have, you know, 32,000 followers that have barely won a fucking show. Right. Right. And it's all show and no go. And I feel like I'm probably the opposite. I'm a lot of go and very little show. So I yeah. need to. That, that's what sucks you know, with today's world too. Is just people just sure. care about that yeah. followers and the glorification of all that. I mean, yeah. People, if you go follow Coach Ken Ken McClellan Strength Training, right? And then yep. just your normal Instagram, Ken. I'm looking at it right now, Ken underscore E underscore McClellan. Yes. So go yes. follow go follow him. I mean, it's awesome, and then you can see what his clients are doing, everything like that. I know. Dante, Dante, you always post your videos too. So like yeah. to them. So that that's awesome. I've got a lot of, I've actually got, I'm meeting. So I'm moving to Detroit here in about a week. And uh, I actually have a plan. Like I've had days set aside to make a bunch of content for my clients. And I've been told I need to actually share some of that, share some of that on social media. That's how dumb I am. I was like, okay, I'm going to do like a bunch of instructional videos for my clients that have had technical issues and a couple of people were like, oh, you should post those. I was like, why? And they're like, yeah. what? I'm like, well, no, it's, you know, I'm making a bag video for, you know, two or three clients. I'm making a, you know, dumbbell video for this client. I'm making, and they're like, yeah, you should post those like on public. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just, that's how I, I'm bad. At, I'm bad at social media. I'm too busy posting dad jokes on my personal page. Yeah. <laughs> You know, because I just find them hysterical and I, I'm like, oh, my God, somebody's going to laugh at this. And so I probably and if I had a dollar for every person <laughs> that comes up to me and is like, oh, my God, your fucking Instagram page is the best. Like all those bad jokes. And I'm like, my job here is done. <laughs> Thank you. Kev, Kev the next, meme, the next uh, trending meme page. We yeah. got to make it happen. <laughs> we already started with the Dante RP meme. Yeah. So, I mean, you're moving to Detroit. You're going to be a little bit closer to us now too. So 
I'm excited for the next time you come down. I've never got to meet you in person. Hopefully meet you at Legends. Maybe one visit gets you to do some coaching down at 582. We're not far oh, from yeah. him. We're, we're about 45 to an hour away from Vaughn and those guys. We're on the other side of Pittsburgh, right by, right by the airport. Yep. So, yeah, I plan, on, I plan on trying to get out there at least once every other month, if not yeah. more. Um, you know, that was part of, you know, there's a number of reasons I'm moving to Detroit. Um, that was part of it was to be closer there, closer to Columbus. You know, there's a lot of important people, people that are important to me in, in Detroit. Um, and I really, you know, I have some good opportunities for business and personal growth and things like that. And so that was, you know, that was motivation, but it was also like, like Vaughn said, he's like, dude, you can drive here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, I can be up in Pittsburgh. I can be down at Columbus or, you know, go to rogue and train a Slater's hardware and, you know, Right. Yeah. So you can you can just admit you can submit you move for Vaughn. Let's be real. It was 100 percent for Vaughn. <laughs> I, I, I just didn't want to be in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh all now. the time. I just you know I didn't want to be living in Pittsburgh all the time. Keep, keep it on the down low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we we wish you best, obviously, with your move and everything. I know that's a shit ton of just moving in general is like the biggest pain in the ass ever. So yeah, wish you the best, and and I can't speak highly enough about about coach ken and and so if you're interested in strongman you're listening to this right now hit him up um follow him on instagram at those pages we gave and you know i just appreciate you taking the time and coming on to to be here thank you yeah yeah i'm happy to do it man it was fun fun. i had had one more question do you you think like down the road you're gonna kind of like make some sort of like coaching website where you're gonna make like programs or ebooks or anything like that for people I don't know. Vaughn keeps telling me I should write a master's ebook because I'm actually pretty good at training masters. Um, But uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely something I feel like the problem is with that kind of stuff, the market is saturated and it's hard to set. You don't want to make something too generic or anything. Well, and part of my problem is this is like, I have some kind of generalized templates that I run in my head. Like this is what I like to run. These are the splits I like to run. But all of it changes depending on what the, what each athlete needs. You know, like, so I train uh, Corey Butler. She just set the American record in the axle clean and press. Yeah, nice. And, like, her program looks incredibly different than yours, right? And the stuff I write for you because you guys are getting ready for different stuff and we have to focus on different things and different weak points. Whereas, you know, then you look at Vaughn's, his is incredibly different because he's older than dirt, and, you know, he's photogenic as hell, but he's older than dirt. And he, uh, so he can't recover as much. So we have to like work around things. And one of the things I hate about like eBooks and cookie cutter programs is it's what it is. It's just, it's a one-off. It's like, Hey, here's my, here's a program, run it. And I guess I've always, I mean, maybe that's the integrity of coaching in me that says like, that's not how it should be. But then again, those guys are laughing all the way to the bank. So I'm not counting it out of actually putting together a website, selling programs and templates and ideas like that. But I, I guess the part of me is like, I feel like it's a disservice, you know, as a coach to water it down to a point that it's something you can fit in, you know, 150 pages for 25 bucks on a website. Right. That makes sense. Sure. Uh, makes sense. You guys got anything you know, else? I don't got, think anything, so. got anything for us, Ken? You got anything to plug? 
No, I actually, no, I don't have anything to plug. Uh, I'll be in, I'll be training at uh, Strength Depot in Plymouth, Michigan, starting uh, like second week in July. Um, nice. If anybody wants some in-person training, um, I'm going to actually try to organize for you guys. Vaughn has come down before and brought a crew down to train there. So maybe one of these weekends we can organize like a big like road you guys road trip down we'll put a like we'll do a seminar and just coach the shit out of all you guys absolutely i've awesome. i've followed that gym for a long time actually because i was a great late strongest man a couple years ago one of our guys was competing in it and i met a bunch of those guys that gym is like yeah. incredible it looks awesome so it's a great place yeah I, cool. that's, like i said it's not far from us so definitely between you coming here and us coming up there we're all for it so make it work yeah yeah I think I think also for the our gym, we now have like every implement that they're gonna have for nationals too. So we're excited. We just bought even bought that wheelbarrow that they're gonna have there and stuff. So oh wow. I'm really yeah. curious to see if I'm really curious to look at that. Yeah. I'm really curious to get a gander at it. And then that's that actually is that's another thing that's I think a lot of people overlook getting your hands on the right equipment and what a big yeah. advantage that can be. It's huge. I mean, yep. well. It was expensive, you know. It's like two grand, but then Dante and I are talking. Oh, we're talking yeah. about it. Yeah, sorry, crazy. Subtle, subtle <laughs> flex, but uh, Dante and I are talking about it. It's like okay, it's two out of six events, so it's a third yeah. of nationals. It's your deadlift and your carry, your wheelbarrow carry. So it's like, hey, it's our first nationals. We want to be prepared. Uh, you know, it's an advantage. I'm going to tell you this as a former gym owner that used to buy. Like I bought everything that Bartos put out because it was in all the nationals for like six years. And I kind of put it out there that I had it as a gym, one gym owner to one former gym owner to a current gym owner, put it out there that you have it. You will get a lot of day passes of guys coming up to get their hands on it and mess with it. That's so put it out there, put it out there and like, you know, get it out there, get like you share your, you you share that you have it. You know, I'll share it like that kind of stuff. Like you will end up, you will end up getting people showing, showing up there to freaking do it. Yeah. We had people driving from freaking Minnesota and somewhere else to come down and use our Barto stuff. Yeah. You know. Bart- Bartos is like 45 minutes from us. And he's the, he's such, I don't know how much you've got to talk to Mike, but. Oh, he's amazing. He's, he's like, a great guy. I tell everyone if you go, cause I, when I buy my stuff from Bartos, I just go pick it up and I'm like, I tell people, I'm like, you better have two hours set aside because Mike will talk to you like, and he will not stop talking until you tell him like, dude, I literally have to leave right now or my fiance is going to leave me. Like yeah. he is, he is, I, and I say that in the nicest way possible. Like that's a guy we should definitely get on to. He, Mike would come on, but he makes the he's, best equipment and he puts out, he's like, he's also like you in a regard, Ken, like he's not a social media guy but he's learning it more and he's putting out like crazy co- content that shouldn't even be free. Yeah. Yeah. He's putting he also, out like 10 week cycles of, of strength programs that he, that he does. His, his freaking, his freaking um, customer service was unbelievable with that business. It's so it's, unbelievable. It's overwhelming. I told him, I'm like, Mike, your customer service isn't, it's the best thing I've, it's not possible to have better customer service than you. Like, he he will respond to you at eleven o'clock at night if you if you send him an email. I'm I'm serious. Yeah. It's insane. Oh yeah, he did to me because I remember I emailed him late one night about something, thinking oh, I'll hear from him tomorrow. And I had gone upstairs, taking a piss, was getting in bed, and I had a reply. 
Yeah. And I was like, what? I was like, oh my God. Yeah. He's, he makes the best stuff. He, he, he makes such high quality equipment that it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. When I sold the gym, I had two male stone of steel, two big stone of steels, two small stone of steels, the women's dumbbell, the men's dumbbell, the men's log, the women's log, the PR platform and the band platform. I think that's it. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, his stuff was so well made. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I've got some stuff from him now. And like, we actually bought like his adjustable Atlas stone platform and it's unbelievable how heavy. Oh, I wanted to look at that. So yeah. I'll get a chance to see it when I get up there. Yeah. It's nice. And I, I bought like a bar. I bought his, I bought his swing thing. I'm going to get a PR platform soon. Cause I just love the convenience of that. Like it's yeah, yeah. awesome. But yeah. Long way of saying thank you. And uh, <laughs> I'm coming on and, and man, we really can't appreciate enough. Go follow coach Ken on all his social medias, hit him up. If you're interested in coaching, uh, follow the gym, 580 barbell, follow us on uh, Facebook, um, subscribe to the podcast, 580barbell.com for any of the merch. Um, so yeah. Thank you, Ken. Thanks. Ken. Hey, make sure you have some triple X shirts when I get up there. <laughs>